What is going on, everyone? This is episode two of Two Dudes with Sports News. For any new listeners, thank you for joining us. For people back for round two, thank you. Welcome back. We appreciate you sticking with us as we start this journey. As always, my name is Garrett Goldman. I'm here with my co-host. This is your boy, Jalen Prince. What it do? All right, Jalen. So we're going to keep it uh, pretty quick today. Uh, just a couple things, because I know we touched on a little bit last episode um, where we really wanted to talk a little bit about the pro days and kind of see where those were going. Um, but before we get into pro days, let's definitely talk about some of those big free agency signings that have come out. So my Jaguars have signed Arden Key. I love the pick. I love the pickup. I think it was a really good choice. And I really think it means that we're going O-line in the first. So hopefully my mock draft is leaning in the right direction. And then your boy Bobby Wagner is an L.A. Ram. Yep. Um, I don't feel bad. The reason why is um, it, it's just like punishment. We're paying for our sins right now. <laughs> so, like, you get what you pay, you get what you don't pay for, and um, you get and you must you must abide and deal with the consequences of the decisions that you have made. We decide to keep the coach and let the players go, and at the same time, while we have fan bases within Seattle organization, and this would be the only Seattle segment that I had that I'd rather talk about. Um, I'm in Seattle. I'm in Seahawks uh, group chats and stuff. One of them said, like, what is Pete doing? Or somebody said, like, why would Pete do this? My whole comment has been the same thing. He's too old. It's <laughs> over. It's done. We should have moved on. But no. After God rest his soul, Paul Allen passed. The rest of the family and the rest of the Allen family does not love football the way Paul Allen did. So they had ownership, but it didn't have no authority because they didn't know nothing about it. Then for some reason, the power went to Pete Carroll and everything's been downhill ever since. That's why I didn't feel bad that, that Russell wanted out. I didn't feel bad that, um, that, we, lost, that we lost Bobby Wagner. We knew it was coming. It's just this man is up. This man is old. He's senile. He's past like he's archaic and he won't change to save his life. And now we're going to pay the price for it until somebody has enough guts to take that power from him. And if they can't, then we're stuck with it. So well, hopefully you guys are stuck with Pete Carroll for as long as we were stuck with Urban Meyer this season. Um, no. I want him out of that quick field, too. That's not going to happen because here's the thing. At least your owner loves football and he'll make the call. Our owner won't do that because she won't, uh, because she don't care. She don't know the game. She don't know. Like, reports have already been said. She really does not even care that heavy right now. And I get it. A lot of people are going to say, like, oh, I'm being ageist. Actually, for for those that want to call me that, I don't really care because right now this fits the bill. Pete Carroll fits the bill. I don't care what you look. I respect everything he's done for me in the past on getting that Super Bowl. We're in 2022. What have you done for me lately? And people say, oh, you had one bad season, and everybody want to lose their mind. Understand how we got here. It's the way we got here. We started seeing signs of decline, uh, uh, like of declining. This was just one of those uh, like last season was just one of those moments where it finally caught up. And now this year is going to be even much worse. And we got to pay for it. So the fact that Bobby Wagner going to the Rams, I don't feel bad one bit. He's making, he's making, he's making, he's going to make a statement. 
He's going to make us pay twice. We're going to have to pay for our sins because we decided to keep the old man over the quarterback. And you got to look at that decision. Say Bobby Wagner got his bag too. So as of recording this episode, he is at a five-year, $50 million contract. The specifics haven't come out fully yet. Either way, he's still up there getting back. So like we're good on so he's fine. Yeah, wish the man nothing but the best. I think this is a front-loaded contract because he is in his mid-ish 30s. I don't know his exact age off the top of my head, but he is in his mid-30s. So I think it's going to be a one to three year kind of guarantee. The chunk of that's going to come in that you know, first one to three years, and then everything else after that's either going to have a no-cap hit or a very low-cap hit. Let me explain something with Bobby Wagner on this one. You want to know the difference between his situation towards the end of his career compared to Luke Keekley? Go for it. Luke, Luke had to do – still had to do everything. He didn't have any help. Luke had to do everything to the point where when the game was changing and he had to be more of a pass coverage linebacker rather than like a balance, like a balanced field general, be able to go ahead and stop the run. He still had to do everything and he couldn't do it. It was like it was already time. Time done caught up with him. Bobby has Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, and then like and had the offense to help him out. I would not be surprised if Bobby's able to play those five years out. Hey, we'll see. Simply because he got help. If his health is there, man. If his health is there, I want to see it happen. I love watching him play. He's fantastic. Let's go ahead and move on from free agency, and let's look in towards some of these pro days and some of these up-and-coming players. So since we last talked, UNC's pro day has happened. Have you seen any of the footage of that yet or no? No, I've been so focused on Bama. Uh, I've been so, I, so focused on Bama. I, I don't blame you at all, man. It, it, so for those of you who don't know, Jalen actually got to go to Alabama's pro day and kind of see a lot of the stuff you know, firsthand Well, I'm up here and you know, the man in the chair – going over all the film that's leaking out and trying to pick and choose and create this, all these little scenarios that may or may happen and try to predict the future with zero insight on any of it, really. So before we get into Bama's pro day, man, um, UNC's pro day looked really good. Um, Sam Howell looked, he looked sharp. Sam Howell, looked, good. he looked really good. Um, the ball was really flying off his hand. Uh, based on what I saw, he only missed a couple throws, um, but everything was right of the money. The only issue I take with that is, it is routes on air. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect for routes on air, but you should be making the vast majority of your throws when there's no coverage, no pressure, no nothing. And it's made it's made to let that quarterback stand out and really shine. So, I mean, he looked good. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Like I said in the last episode, I love Sam Howell. I think he's a great quarterback. Um, I still don't think he's the best one of the class, but I think he's a solid quarterback. Will Go he ahead. still be a first-round pick? No. Um, we'll get into okay. that in a minute. So after the pro days, here's my my personal current QB scale. I'm changing a couple things up here. I still think Malik Willis goes to the Panthers. Here's where I'm starting to switch stuff up. I think Kenny Pickett may go to the Saints because okay. the Saints have a pick before the Steelers. And Jameis ain't it. You know, they're trying to keep Taysom Hill more focused on that kind of pass catcher role, put him in at tight end a little bit. I've read mm-hmm. that somewhere. I don't know how much truth there is to that actually. But that could mean Kenny Pickett goes to the Saints. If he doesn't go to the Saints, Steelers need to trade up. Here's go ahead. my thing, though. Where are the Saints picking right now? Saints are picking 18. Steelers picking 20. Now, in zero trades, here's how I see it going down. Malik Willis to the Panthers. Kenny Pickett to the Saints. Matt Corral to the Steelers. Howell and Ritter drop out of the first round. I think Howell goes to the Lions at 34. Apparently, one of the coaching staff... Uh, members of the Detroit Lions was really close with UNC 
and had a lot of ties to UNC and was right next to Howell the entirety of his pro day. So they like him. That's what I'm at least what I'm thinking. So they like him. And then Desmond Ritter goes to the Texas at 35. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. And that's perfect world. No trades. Trades happen. Obviously, we can't predict the future. All right. So, like, to me, my hot take is I would not be surprised if the Panthers were to draft Sam Howell. Yep. We talked about that last week. So, hey, we'll see what happens. But Pro Days, you go ahead and uh, jump in on uh, Bama Pro Day and kind of weigh in there. I'll talk a little bit about what I saw with the Gators Pro Day. Yeah, so I got arrived at um, I work for I work as a sports reporting intern at WBUA twenty three uh, here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So got there with two of my, two of my co- cohorts and um, got there nine thirty. Uh, everything pretty much started around ten o'clock. They were doing their measurables. The only measurable that I remember correctly was off of future first round, possibly top five pick, Evan Neal. And his measurables like were six seven up to three hundred, like a low three hundred. Very highly athletic, and he put on an absolute show. He didn't run the forty, uh, but he did all the offensive line drills with the uh, offensive line coach of the New York Jets. And um, everybody was just pleased with what he was doing. He looked athletic. He looked a lot. Quick. He looked quick. Um, so, you know, even though he was going against pads and not actual players, uh, he put on, he put on a pretty good show. And, um, when he went to talk to the media, everybody was just asking him his whole preparation towards the draft. And he just talked about like how he just continues to get his mind and his body right. And, uh, somebody asked him what position will he play? He could basically play any position except center. And he okay. said that, and he said it into the media. So overall with his versatility, He's still going to bring a lot to an NFL team. For the rest of the draft, the only people that participated were him, co-offensive lineman Chris Owens, Slate Bolden receiver. Jamison Williams did not perform. There's going to be another pro day on the 13th of April. Edge rusher Christopher Allen, who had a fractured foot at the beginning of the season, did not participate yesterday. He There's a good chance he might work out at the second pro day. So he did not he like he was dressed out, he did the measurables, but did not participate. Phil Darian Mathis, he's projected to be the 44th prospect in uh Mel Kuyper's uh NFL draft board. He's a D tackle. LeBron Ray, he he participated. The DBs, Jalen Armor Davis and Daniel Wright. Oh, and uh running back Brian Robinson. Now, as far as the receivers and running back, we didn't know who was gonna be throwing to him. And later we found out that Bright, uh, that Heisman quarterback Bryce Young was going to be the guy that was throwing to him. So basically, a lot of the NFL scouts, which I think there were only about 31, 30 teams that showed up, um, they all got a good piece of what Bryce Young is going to be doing because by this time next year, Bryce Young will be on like is going to the NFL and he'll be doing the Pro Bowl for himself, not for others. So. You know, we're gonna, it's going to be a whole lot more packages. It's going to be a whole lot more media for next year. But okay. overall, uh, overall, it was a fun experience. There was a lot of good stuff. Uh, nothing really kind of disappointed. Brian, Brian Robinson looked good. Uh, Cole was shaky. Um, Daniel, safety Daniel Wright ran, I believe, a 4-2. I believe on an on, on official 4-2. He did, like, he looked pretty good with his drills. The same thing with Jalen Armour Davis. 
Slade Bolden, um, a lot of people are going to say he's going to be an undrafted guy, but I would not be surprised if um, if the Patriots were able to, were going to like reach down maybe with a fifth or a sixth to go get him, possibly a seventh. So I can see that with him. Uh, Fedarian Mathis and LeBron Ray, they look good. Fedarian, I think he's going to be – I won't be surprised if he's a day one guy, late day one guy, but definitely no, no later than two. No later than two. And uh, Christian Harris, linebacker, speedier linebacker, he did participate. He looked really good, very impressive. And um, overall coach, overall, like uh, Nick Saban, he was talking to the media, just talking about how, like, uh, they're very excited on what, uh, how, like, their players are going to perform going into and going into the next level. And a lot of the guys are just talking about uh, just, just the preparation, getting everything ready. Uh, Evan Neal also did announce that he will be in Vegas. For the draft, Fedarian Mathis is going to be home in Louisiana. And uh, overall, that's pretty much my whole experience. Awesome, man. That sounds like a good-ass time. I definitely want to get myself out to one of those pro days eventually. I, d- I just don't think it's going to happen right now for me. You've got to know the right people. Hey, this has got to take off before I can get to a pro day. <laughs> so, well, I mean, like I said, we'll see what happens. Um Personally, as the Gator fan, we'll keep in the SEC for the one that I probably paid the most attention to. Based off what I read and what I saw, you know, from my, my outside looking in, a couple standouts of the Gators Pro Day. Kyer Elam balled out from what I saw. Looked great in all, of, all the drills. He didn't run the 40. He stood on his time at the combine of a 4-3-9. So that's always nice to hear. I know Malik Davis also did a phenomenal job. Malik Davis actually looked really, really sharp. Just to break it down a little bit, the the big ones who I think really stood out from the Gators Pro Day were going to be Kyer Elam, Zach Carter on the D-line, Malik Davis, and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is already standing out quite a bit. He uh, PFF had him as one of the top-rated rushers in the NCAA last year, just overall graded. Uh, Malik Davis, this is a really big day for him just because he was so injured. His career at Florida, broken foot, I believe, is one of the injuries, and another one as well that was pretty serious. So the fact that he was able to come out and really show what he can do was fantastic. The guy is an athletic freak. So we'll get into a couple of the 40 times real quick that I had pulled up. Zach Carter, I mean, on the D-line, had a five-flat 40, so not too crazy. Malik Davis did run a bit slow by running back standards with a 4.71 and a 4.78. Kyer Elam and Damian Pierce stood on their times. Now, where Malik Davis really kind of stood out was the vertical. Malik Davis had a 39-and-a-half-inch vertical, and he's not necessarily the tallest dude out there. So he had the highest vertical at the Gators Pro Day, which is always nice to see. Just kind of really shows off that athletic ability and really kind of shows that the injuries he had, you know, with his foot and any other leg injuries, thing of the past. Damian Pierce is definitely projected to be kind of one of those sleeper running backs, even though this running back class is pretty deep. I think Malik Davis is going to sneak his way into one of the later rounds. Kyrie Elam, I think, solidified his spot as a first-round pick. And I think Zach Carter sneaks in uh, early to late on day two. But, I mean, again, that's just my outside looking in kind of opinion. Now, we can start to get into some of these picks. So, for those of you who don't know, last week we predicted kind of where we thought the first 16 picks were going to go. I did a little more research on it. Just kind of Now that more and more information has come out for pro days, hoping to be a little more accurate, but we'll see. At 17 overall, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers pick. Um, I got them taking Devontae White out of Georgia. Um, they were at his pro day. The Chargers were released. Jalen, who do you think going to the Chargers? In this draft? Yeah, with their first pick in the first round, because they still got a 17 overall or 17th overall pick in the first round. Jordan Davis does not go past the Chargers. 
I got Jordan Davis going to the Ravens uh, three picks before. Like I said, he's not making it past the Chargers. So if they don't take Jordan Davis and Jordan Davis goes earlier, who do you think they get? Like I said, I got Devontae Wyatt because you can't have Jordan Davis take Devontae Wyatt. That's where I'm at with it. They'll get a def- I'll say they get a defensive player. I definitely think they go DT. There's no way they yeah. don't. They go either DT or they might go secondary or, um, yeah, something like that. I think they go DT. Now, next, um, we already kind of know my pick. I thought the New Orleans Saints are going to take Kenny Pickett just because of where, you know, they're at quarterback-wise. They're probably looking for the next heir apparent in Drew Brees. Jameis isn't it. And Taysom Hill is apparently going to start focusing more on the tight end role. So I think this is where they take their quarterback in the future. And this is without trades. What about you? What do you think the Saints get? With the Saints with their first pick, I think they're going to get a quarterback. Like they have, they have to. They, they need they, to. They, they really have to. That's saying Kenny Pickett is definitely he's impressed a lot of people with his pro day and with everything it was well. So I think he's put a lot of those rumors about those tiny little hands that everybody was so worried about to rest. Um, <laughs> for those of you who did listen to the last episode, Jalen and I think that is probably one of the biggest loads of crap um, that's still around in just kind of scouting circles today is hand size of a quarterback. As long as you can grip the football, spin it uh, in all kinds of weather, I don't see why it matters. What about you? You saw what Joe, Joe Burrow's been doing. Exactly. With those tiny little red flag nine-inch hands. I mean, I have no room to talk. I don't know how big my hands are, uh, but I don't think they're nine inches across. <laughs> so, But again, I'm not an NFL QB. Regardless, though, I don't think it matters. I think Kenny Pickett's going to the first round regardless, and I think he's going to make all those doubters pay. What about number 19? Number 19 is the Philadelphia Eagles again with their third first round pick. They're going speed. They got to get a speed demon. I got Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. He's a receiver? No, nah, he's a defensive back. I'm going uh, – okay, I can see them going receiver. And I can also see them – okay, and they can't go DB. They could go DB. I'm thinking uh, DB because they needed help at safety. They, yeah, they could. Uh, they could. But and corner. I, I see. I see more. I see more of uh, them getting Jamison Williams here. Okay. Simply because, like I said, we're on this trend where whoever quarterback is, and you want to get one of your old college teammates, go get them. Now, albeit Jamison never played with Jamison, um, Jamison never played with Jalen Hurts, but Bama's still Bama. Connection is still there. Okay. So I can see it, but you know, there was no talent. There's really no talent. I think they're gonna get a receiver. Because like the best thing you can do with Jalen Hurts is just continue to load up on weapons. That's true too. I'm just worried because of how weak they are in the secondary. Philly's secondary is not that good. True, but we already know how, what like the direction that we're going in within the NFL. I want to correct myself too. Darius Slay plays for Philly right now as well, right? Yep. Okay. Excluding Darius Slay. Well, actually, had a pretty good season. Yeah, Darius Slay, I like. I mean, dude's a baller. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Outside of Darius Slay, you needed you need a cornerback too, and you need another safety as well, just to kind of help all around. I think Jalen Petrie could be it. Yeah, but here's the thing: outside of Kyle Hamilton, there's nobody there's there's nobody that you should reach in the first round and get a safety outside of Kyle Hamilton. That's true. Other I mean, than, we'll see. Other than that, like they can pretty much get a safety later on in the draft. But if you like, Philly just need to go ahead and load up on talent. The only reason I got them going safety here is because I've got them addressing linebacker and wide receiver earlier in the draft. I got them taking Devin Lloyd and Chris Olave 
um, with picks 15 and 16. I was that's, thinking about Lloyd. Yeah, that's the only reason I went secondary in this because they need linebacker help too, and Devin Lloyd's going to be that dude for them. At least I think so. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, it's kind of tricky right now. They are. We got a pretty good idea of what they need, um, but we'll see. So after that goes into the Pittsburgh Steelers pick at number 20. That's where I said Matt Corral. Tomlin was at his pro day and talked to him at the combine apparently. I mean, Matt Corral kind of embodies that gritty kind of Pittsburgh Steelers mentality that you see with a lot of their players. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I think it's a good fit. I think Corral could definitely be it. You can lean on Najee Harris to kind of be, you know, funnel the offense through him and allow Corral to come into his own after one year and then really open it up after year two. Also can allow you to potentially address receiver a little later in the draft because you just lost Juju Smith-Schuster, which wasn't too big of a loss in my unprofessional opinion. Deontay Johnson is definitely going to be fine. James Washington's gone now as well. So I think they take receiver a little later in the draft, but they definitely need quarterback up first because Trubisky, I think Trubisky can carry him through the season if they need to, but they'll be picking at 20 again if Trubisky's their quarterback all year. The thing with um, Matt Corral, and I think he can work, he needs to be in a good system. I'm going to actually, I'm going to switch that one up. I say the Pittsburgh Steelers get Desmond Ritter. Okay, you think that you think Ritter goes before Corral and the rest of them? Let's go. Let's go ahead. Matt Corral played with Mississippi. Um, played with uh, Ole Miss. Right. So he's used to pretty good weather. Ritter is played in Cincinnati in Ohio. In the Ohio teams, you have Cincinnati and you got Cleveland. So you're used to that kind of climate weather type of thing. Also, if you look at the measurables with Desmond Ritter and uh, Matt Corral, and you look at how they play, Ritter kind of fits better with the Steelers and what they got because okay. he's played around talent with Alec Pierce, uh, Jerome Ford. He's used to playing in a system where he's running back heavy, and he knows how to throw the ball on the money where it needs to be. Now, the thing with it, is exactly what are the Steelers going to be looking for in a quarterback? The Desmond Ritter, he can run a little bit. He he can move he can move around a little bit. But the more the better dual threat is Matt Corral. To me, sure. the better passer is Desmond Ritter. So the question being on this is what exactly are they going to be looking for? Again, we have no insight on this, but I would say De- Desmond Ritter also is a little bit bigger. He is. So when you think about that and what they just uh, get, what they just lost with Ben, with Big Ben Roethlisberger, you also got to take account who's all in your division. So there's a level of beatings you'll be able to take up. Desmond Ritter came off his last game was against Alabama. He survived. Matt Corral's last game was against Baylor, and he and he messed up his knee. So one, so the, I won't be surprised to get Matt Corral because you already signed Mitch Trubisky. And it'll give time for like Matt Corral to be able to heal a little bit longer and learn the system. But the same can be said for Desmond Ritter, and he's not hurt at all. So I would say Desmond Ritter kind of fits better with Steelers just by their nature and makeup and uh, his mentality compared to Matt Corral. Okay. Because if you get a Matt Corral, you you'll have to change the offensive system, and I don't think and I don't think Steelers would do that. I don't think he'd have to change it too much. I think it allows you to open it up just a little bit more. So, I mean, Desmond Ritters is PFF has him listed at 6'3, 215. Matt Corral's 6'1, 205. So, Desmond Ritters got two inches and 10 pounds on him. So, I mean, he could, de- it looks like he could take a little bit of a beating. 
Um, but also Matt Corral took a lot of shots because he didn't slide a lot in college. At all. He definitely slid. I don't think he slid a whole lot in college. So I would if say you, the safest bet would be Desmond Ritter because you got to look at even though he's been and Matt Corral's been doing some workouts and stuff. You got to think how much y'all are going, how much of the Steelers going to risk their future for a guy with a little, with a little bit more questions than Ritter. But you also got to look at the level of competition, and the NFL is the best of the best of the best, and. Matt Which Corral consistently went up against a Nick Saban defense and LSU but, defense and but played he did, those. But his thing, albeit this, you know, like actually, I'll bring this up. Look at what he did against Notre Dame with Kyle and, and with with that uh, with that Kyle Hamilton defense. Out of he, beat, he, he beat the crap out of him. Ritter did. Yeah, Ritter showed up. That's where his stock went really high mm-hmm. against Notre Dame. And also, let's think about this. You want to go against the competition? Let's go this route. How about the journey that he was able to have? How about the level of perseverance and level of fight that he showed? Because Cincinnati is not a power five school. No. They were the best team within their conference and within their area. Not They're not considered as one of the power five schools. You were able to get them into the playoffs. You didn't get your butt kicked that bad. You didn't get annihilated. You, did you play great? No. But did you hold your own? Yes, you did. And that can be said about a lot of things. Because with the Steelers, Big Ben didn't hold his own to a certain degree. You get Ritter, you get Ritter, who's actually proven that he's able to win, rather than a Matt Corral that hasn't been able to win a lot of those big games while he was in college. Did he show up? Yeah, but did he close it? Uh-uh. So I would say it's really going to depend on what type of route they're going to go. You got one that's big that's went to a went to a not deep power five school and was able to lead his team. Matt Corral led his team and like held his own within the SEC. So you got that experience. But Ritter may not have been able to play with the same level of competition, but he's held his own when he was gone against something close to that competition, especially against Notre Dame, which when Kyle Hamilton did play. And he's projected to be a top five pick. Okay. I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't disagree. I love Desmond Ritter. I'm just looking at their 2021 game stats and looking at the career stats as well. So, and if you look at some of those big name defenses, let's go to the Notre Dame game, like you talked about. So, if you look at sportsreference.com and you look at the stats for the Cincinnati Notre Dame game of this year, Ritter was 19 to 32, 59.4 completion percentage, 297 yards, two touchdowns, no picks with a QBR rating of 158, which is good. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. that was good. 10 attempts on the ground, 26 yards, one rushing touchdown. So, I mean, he did good. I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy. But that was definitely one of his weaker games. It was his third lowest QBR of the, or of the season. Uh, sorry, fourth. His lowest was at Alabama when he had a 50, one, uh, 53.1 QBR. So when he played against one of those top-level defenses, he did not show up. 17-32, to 53.1 uh, completion percentage, 144 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So he definitely – and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He's been a he's – he's helped put Cincinnati on the map. He's done 
fantastic for Cincinnati and a non-power five school and to get them into one of the biggest stages, the biggest stage in college football, nothing but respect to the guy, nothing but props to him as well. He did really, really, really well. Now, if you break down Matt Corral and you look at what he did, you look at kind of over a career and you look at what they did as a whole. I think Matt Corral definitely has almost the better. He, he does have less yards, but he also only started for three years. So Matt Corral's, Completion percentage, he has 614 completions, 912 attempts for a completion percentage of 67.3, 8,200 yards. And we are looking at 57 touchdowns to 23 interceptions for a 159 rating. If you look at Desmond Ritter, four years, 810 completions, 1,300 attempts, uh, 62.1 completion percentage, 10,000 yards, 87 touchdowns to 28 interceptions. So Ritter definitely has the bigger body of work. I just think if Matt Corral had a full season as a starter for four years, I think it'd be a little different. I mean, honestly, I don't think you could wrong with either pick. I just think the Steelers go Matt Corral. That's just me. I think he fits that role of that, you know, quarterback that can, I mean, man, now I'm talking myself out of it. The more I get into it. I think it's Matt Corral. I'm, I'm putting my foot down. I think it's Matt Corral, but I also don't think they could go wrong with Desmond Ritter. So that's where I'll leave it at that. Pick uh, number 21, the New England Patriots. I got them taking hey, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, if Drake falls to him, get him. They get a receiver. They got to get a receiver. They, they have to get a receiver. They're going to get, they have to get a receiver. Now, Bill Belichick was in attendance in, the, uh, in Tuscaloosa. He was. And Jameson Williams, he was in talk with a lot of guys – that was uh that was Patriot related. He talked to a couple of a uh, couple of scouts that was he talked to a scout that was with the Patriots. I saw mm-hmm. him do that. Uh John Mechie, he was talked with them. He was talking with uh, like he met with a lot of guys. Uh the, the biggest one that I saw that he was meeting with somebody was with the Rams. So I saw a lot of that. Bill Belichick was in attendance. Mm-hmm. Be mindful of that. There's oh, for also sure. Um, when the season ended, there's also talk. There was also a lot of talk that, and I mentioned this before. The team that I see get Slate Bolton is the Patriots because he did play with Mac Jones. Now, albeit he's a possession third down type of guy, he's a West Walker. He's a West Walker, Julia Edelman type. Actually, not Julia Edelman. He's a West Walker at, on Danny M. Dola type. Okay. So I do see that, but that's like later on. I can't see John Mechie going to the Patriots. I can see that, but that's again later on within the draft. I was they're just gonna about to go say that. receiver. I was just they're about to say go, that. They're gonna go receiver. The great thing with the Patriots is they were able to get Trent Brown back. Right. They, that that was a huge pickup. But also the other thing is I won't be surprised they go edge rusher or cornerback because you lost J.C. Jackson. That's right. Now they still have to make some type of big, uh, big time adjustments because the Bills are still the Bills. The Dolphins loaded up at receiver, even though two still got questions. They're still loaded up there. So with the Patriots, the, they got to go receive. They got to load up on weapons because you got your quarterback. Now you just got to get get them guys to be able to feed and do something with the food that they've been given. I think it's Jahan Dotson, and I think it's Jahan Dotson just because I think that's a very Belichick-type player. I mean, we'll see. I think they take they address cornerback in the second round, and I think they'll take Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. We'll see. I For some reason, I got him falling. I don't know what it is. I got him falling. But, hey, like I said, we'll see. 
I definitely think you're right, though. I think they go receiver. All right. Next, we've got the Green Bay Packers, number 22. They've got to go receiver here. This is Jamison Williams. Okay. This one's Jamison Williams to me because they're going to do their best to replace Devontae. I, I, see, I see that. I can also see Jaha. I, I can also see um, – let's see. You got Traylon Burks going high, don't you? I got – actually, I had to change that. So, I took um, – I got the Eagles taking Chris Olave, and then I had them potentially taking Trey Oh, Burks. my Lord. Then what you got Garrett Wilson? I got Garrett Wilson going to Washington because we did talk about that a little bit. I got Garrett Wilson going to Washington, so you have an all-Buckeye receiving what, core. What pick, uh, what pick is uh, the Washington? Right after the Jets. I don't remember off the top of my head. Are they in the teens or in the top ten? Uh, they're out of the yeah. top ten. They're in the teens. Yeah, that's what I thought. So uh, I got Garrett Wilson. Then I've okay. got um, – but I've got Traylon Burks actually going next to Arizona. And the only reason I got Traylon Burks going to Arizona is because I don't think A.J. Green resigned, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but his thing, their biggest issue ain't even that receiver. Even no, though he, but Christian Kirk's gone too. So now two-year time. They still got Rondell Moore and they still got Andy Isabella. They still got Rondell Moore. They're like – but to go back with the Packers, I can see Traylon Burks go here. Um – I just see them get the receive. They have to find one and the best one to be able to get if they if he falls to Sterling Burks. So that's that. Now going with the Cardinals, Trevor Penny. Okay. Office, office alignment out of Northern Iowa. If not him, then Kenyon Green out of Texas AM. Okay. They gotta go offensive line. You gotta protect you gotta protect that little man. Even though he got some issues during the offseason with uh with you know with front office, you gotta protect him. Okay. All right, I see that. Next, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Don't care. I know we don't care. But but since, I want to knock it out real since, quick. But since we have to, they go. They got to go DB. I got them going O line because I got them. Go, I got them going DB because they missed out on getting. They missed out on like getting uh, another cornerback to go alongside Tra- um, Trayvon Diggs. I think they make up for it this year. Lyle Collins just walked. I know he's. In, I know he's in Cincinnati. I got them. I got them taking Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. Okay, not bad. Not bad. I I, I was thinking about Darius Kennard. Okay, not bad from Kentucky. Next, we got the Buffalo Bills at twenty-five. This Buffalo is... Buffalo's tricky. Uh, they're good at receiver. Their offensive line is good as well. I think they go defense, and I see them getting another edge rusher if they're available. I can also see defensive back. Um. Maybe linebacker, but that's a long shot. But I think they go somewhere defense with, uh, with that first round pick. I can also see them trade out. This is my reach of the draft. This is my first round reach of the draft. I see them taking Sky Moore at a uh, Western Michigan. What position? Wide receiver, because Cole Beasley's gone, and you need that slot guy. True, but then they, but did, uh, but the the Bills did pick up somebody in free agency. Um, at the receiver, who they pick up? I forgot. Uh. They got OJ. They did sign OJ Howard. That's uh, a tight end. Jameson Crowder. Okay, I'm gonna take that back then. I think I think Kenny Green goes here. I think they just stock up on O line and they keep protecting Josh Allen. True, because like weapon wise, let's see, they were able to resign Isaiah Isaiah McKenzie, Jake Kumar, uh, Jake Kumaro. They signed. Um, they signed. Duke Johnson, Jameson Crowder. Also, they signed OJ Howard, and I feel like this is perfect for OJ. 
for him to make, um, like take a step up. Even though they got like Dawson Knox, I think him and OJ, I think Josh Allen and OJ Howard could be lethal. Oh, the Bills very, need a right very, guard. Very underrated, very underrated move on that point. I agree, and the Bills need a right guard badly. So yeah, I'll go with that. They, look, the Bills need to find a way to run the ball outside of Josh Allen. If they can find a way to do that, I think they can compete for a championship. I now, got them taking Kenny Green. Did, now they now you mentioned the right guard. They did they did sign um veteran guard Roger Roger Saffold from the Tennessee Titans. Saffold's a left guard though. Yeah, you're, but, you're in a professional football league. You got to. That's true. That's true. I but they, regardless, they need help on the O line because that right side is not super strong. I yeah, think but, they go. I think they take Kenny Green. If they don't take Kenny Green, I think this is where running back comes off the board, and they take Walker out of Michigan State. Not so that, that those are my. There's my reach of the or my reach of the first round is Walker out of Michigan State to 25 if they don't go O line. All right, number 26, Tennessee Titans. This is where I think Travis Jones out of UConn goes. Travis Jones has been sneaking up draft boards. Uh, Defensive tackle. Uh, They already have Jeffrey Simmons. I can see them getting another edge rush alongside uh, Bud Pree. Is Hassan Riddick still there? That's a great question. I don't think he is. I'm thinking, like, with Tennessee, um, let's think about this division. Coles just signed Matt Ryan. They got one of the best defenses in football. Hassan Reddick is not there now. Okay. Their current their current D line is Simmons, Tart, Autry, Dupree, Landry, and then their linebackers are Long and Cunningham. Okay, so and I, they've sunk a lot of money into Dupree, so I don't see him going anywhere. I, I, think I see here's my reach. And now, yeah, they did let Rashad Evans go. Uh, here's my reach. I'm going to say, since you didn't mention Devin Stingley, I'm going to say they go Devin Stingley. That's not really a breach that just popped in my head. I had Stingley going to the Vikings okay, uh, early never, on. Okay, never mind. I'm going to say with the Titans, I'll say, I'm going to say they go receiver. Okay. I'm going to say they go with another receiver because the whole Julio Jones thing, it just didn't work out with Tennessee. Nah, it just yeah, didn't work I'm out. with you. Uh, you gotta find like with a guy like Julio, who's up there in age with all that, with all the adolescence. You just gotta find ways to be able to maneuver it, make it work, and hide it at the same time. So actually, I might change my mind and give uh my my absurd. Here's my actual absurd reach of this draft: Trey McBride out of Colorado State because they need help at tight end. I'm gonna take so much heat for that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good chance. Hey, we'll see. It is what it is. Like I said, I we these are our opinions. We're recording this at 1 a.m. my time and then 12 a.m. Uh, Jalen's time. All right, we'll knock this out real quick, man. Tampa right. Bay, who you got? Uh, Tampa Bay, I'm going to say they go off this line. Actually, no, give me that. Like, they reach for edge rush or something, some of that sort. They're I got really- them taking Logan Hall out of Houston. Okay. Six six two sixty, D line. All right. So basically, they, they, he can he's played all in college. He played kind of all along. He played inside and he played outside. So they can kind of play when they need him. So like you said, edge rusher. And now that Todd Bowles is head coach, he's probably going defense. But anyways, next one we got the Packers again. 
I think this is where the Packers go O-line, and they take uh, Linderbaum, the only center uh, that is noteworthy in this entire class. That Linderbaum. Yeah. Makes sense. I got them taking him there. Next, the Kansas City Chiefs. This is where I have Kyir Elam going because Chiefs' pass defense needs some help. What are you thinking? Um, trying to – well, to be honest with you, trying to keep my eyes open. And, uh, <laughs> the, second th- and the second thing is – wait, who's at this pick? Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, let's see. He lost out. I think they go speed demon. They, find, they, try, they try to find some resemblance to another speed demon. You think um, like like a Tyreek Hill type guy? They're, they're not going to get a Tyreek Hill. The, only, the best thing you can do is just find somebody that's really fast and knows how to control the speed like that. Um, I say, say they go receiver. If they don't go receiver, they'll go. Um, they could go offensive line again. If they don't go that, then I'm gonna say they go defense somewhere in the secondary because you didn't resign Tyron Matthew. Somebody, but you did get Justin Reed. Th- but they did lose. Uh, 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 Darius Ward, who's one of their best corner, like cover corner. So I think they, I think they, they could go somewhere defense. That's why I got Kyrie Elam. And the only reason I don't have him going receiver with this pick is because, like, a, a guy like that, like you're talking about, yep. is Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky, and he's not and, going first round. So you can wait on him. You really, and the thing about Chiefs, like, your division's loaded. You gotta make, you gotta be able to cover something. Yeah. Next pick is the Chiefs again at number 30. This is where I have them addressing the D-line. I think they get Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I can see it. I can see all, I can also see him get the dude out of Purdue. That's where I got uh, I got him going next to Cincinnati. That makes sense. <laughs> Man, we are on the same page for the most part, just a pick or two apart. <laughs> I can see – okay, I can't see Cincinnati do that, but I can also see him get another offensive line. That's true, too. Now, here's my – Interesting pick of the draft. Rounding sure. out number 32, Detroit Lions again. So I think the Lions take Hutchinson. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm, not do, I'm not doing no second rounds because second rounds are too unpredictable. Exactly. So we'll, we're going to end this at the first round. So I've yeah. got number 32. I have Hutchinson at number two for the Lions already. I think they take Ojabo at 32 and I have see. the book and DNs. I, I see. You think they'll do something? You think they'll do something um, respectful, even though the dude was hurt. So he's also expected to make a full recovery already. So, and that was two days after it. So I think that I don't see him. I, I do see him falling. I don't see him falling too far. If he does fall out of the first round, I don't see him falling uh, past Detroit in the second pick. Very what I got Detroit doing with this pick is they either take Ojabo or this is where they take um, Howell. All right. So. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and call it a night. Um, yeah. We're sitting at a pretty decent point. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we really do appreciate you tuning in again. Uh, please like, comment, rate, review, five stars. Feed those algorithm gods. Keep us heading up the charts wherever we may be at this point on episode two. We thank you again, and we'll see you next time. Peace.